Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Facebook has been knee-deep in controversy and congressional testimony before, but this time could be different. What stood out most as we heard Francis Haugen's testimony was just how much unanimous, bipartisan anger, outrage, fury we heard from the panel. I'm personally very frustrated by this because we presented information to Facebook from one of my... The recent revelations about Facebook's mental health effects on children and its plan to target younger audiences are indeed disturbing. And they continue to not address this issue. Now, you're pointing out that these same algorithms are being used and they know darn well in Ethiopia that it's causing and inciting violence. And I think it's just a question of, has you know the last several weeks, the revelations from the whistleblower and what's to come, has that all been a big enough storm and a bipartisan enough storm that it will actually move the needle for, for regulation and to demand change from the company and from other tech companies? I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... My name is Alexandra Levine. I am a tech reporter at Politico covering privacy and data issues in the U.S. and around the world. Alexandra Levine. On what's next for Facebook. Good afternoon, Chairman Blumenthal, Ranking Member Blackburn, and members of the subcommittee. Thank you for the opportunity to appear before you. My name is Frances Haugen. I used to work at Facebook. Last week, we heard from Frances Haugen, the Facebook whistleblower. I joined Facebook because I think Facebook has the potential to bring out the best in us. Frances Haugen left the company earlier this year. But I'm here today because I believe Facebook's products harm children stoke division, and weaken our democracy. She claimed that after the 2020 election, she saw Facebook disband her team that had been focusing on election integrity. And she said that she saw Facebook turn off some of the election safeguards that it had put in place too quickly. Facebook has disputed those claims. They have said that her team was not disbanded and done away with, but rather that the personnel from her team were spread out across the company. Uh, However, Frances Haugen claimed that by disbanding her team and turning off some of these election safeguards too quickly, that that ultimately led Facebook to be a to play a primary role in the insurrection at the Capitol in January. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site. They'll click on less ads. They'll make less money. What we saw last week before the Senate subcommittee was testimony about how much Facebook has known about its harms on children and teens, teenage girls in particular. Facebook knows that they are leading young users to anorexia content. Facebook's internal documents talk about the importance of getting younger users, for example, tweens, onto Instagram, like Instagram kids, because they know that children bring their parents online things like that. And so they understand the value of younger users for the the long-term success of Facebook. Haugen also touched at the hearing on Facebook's role in election misinformation, some national security threats that she had seen while she was at the company. And ultimately, she accused Facebook of putting its profits ahead of its people on the platform. 
How significant would you say this is in the grand scheme of things? Because I feel like I, you know, see and hear testimony from Facebook executives and stuff every once in a while, usually after there are like bad allegations about something the company has done and there's a lot of noise and people are upset, but then it kind of feels like nothing happens at the end of the day. Like, will something happen as a result of this this testimony, you think? That, Jeremy, is the million-dollar question. <laughs> and given that every time or nearly every time we've seen tech company executives come before Congress, that little actually follows. There is definitely reason to be skeptical of what might come next and whether this outrage, this bipartisan outrage will really move the needle. And lawmakers will come out to say themselves that there's reason to be skeptical. Senator Richard Blumenthal, who has been leading the Senate investigation into Facebook and who convened the whistleblower hearing last week, he himself said, look, there's reason to be skeptical given the way that things have played out in Congress in the past. However, he said this time is going to be different. And part of the reason, as a reporter who's been watching this, it seems that this time could be different is because children's privacy and safety issues is really the one issue where there's legislation that is primed to advance. And it's the one area where more than any other tech policy issues, we see a lot of bipartisan agreement. So if there's one place where it really might be possible to see legislation advance and lawmakers take action, it's certainly this. I'll also say, uh, just because I needed a gut check, of course, outside of Congress, you know, I asked somebody who was until earlier this year at Facebook, so somebody with really close ties to Facebook, said that this was the most productive tech hearing she has ever seen and that she also viewed this as a possible turning point akin to the Cambridge Analytica data scandal in in, uh, in 2018. She said that this is a turning point that could actually lead to change at the company and action from Congress. Hmm. I want to talk a little bit about how this fits into the situation and history more broadly at Facebook, because just before this testimony, too, there was this major outage at, at Facebook, where Facebook was down, Instagram was down. Some breaking news on Facebook. Facebook responding to the latest on the outages. Now to the social media giant in the dark for hours. Facebook's three billion users unable to access the site for most of the day. Um, the I mean, it, it's just down. amazing from the outside to see like this testimony coming on um, what seems to be just sort of like a bad week broadly. Like, how do you contextualize this? There were, of course, many questions around whether the testimony and the whistleblower's action was in any way linked to the big Facebook and Instagram outage that we saw around the same time. To my knowledge, they are not linked. Uh, however, I think that what it did do was underscore just how powerful the platforms are and how reliant people are on the social network, uh, on, on the social network more broadly. I think what it also underscored is how quickly a change can happen at Facebook and how slowly a change can happen in Congress. Part of what I look at a lot in my reporting is self-regulation versus regulation from Congress. And this idea that if Facebook wanted to make a change or make a tweak that could change the way that its entire platform is operating, they could probably do that in a matter of hours, days, maybe even minutes. So I think the outage underscored how quickly change can happen at the company, how reliant we all are on the platforms for better or for worse. And I think that 
the, you know, thinking that last week was just a bad week for Facebook. Facebook has been under fire for, for years at this point on Capitol Hill. I think it's just a question of has, you know, the last several weeks, the revelations from the whistleblower and what's to come, has that all been a big enough storm and a bipartisan enough storm that it will actually move the needle for, for regulation and to demand change from the company and from other tech companies. Given how momentous this this feels like it, it could be right now, what do you expect to happen next year? Well, Jeremy, I think that what we've seen so far from the Facebook whistleblower, her testimony, the congressional investigation, I think this is really only the tip of the iceberg for this inflection point. We are likely soon to see more from the whistleblower, whether in the form of documents or whether that's her speaking to other congressional panels. We know that the House Select Committee on the January 6th insurrection is meeting with Haugen to discuss Facebook's role in the riot at the Capitol. We know the Senate Homeland Security Committee is also planning to meet with her, and there will likely be other congressional panels or lawmakers that'll want to hear from her as this plays out. I'm also watching to see whether the Senate panel that is investigating Facebook decides to subpoena Facebook for other documents and other records that the company may not want to turn over. And I'm also intensely focused on seeing what else comes out of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Haugen and her legal team at Whistleblower Aid, which is the which is the firm representing her, they filed at least eight SEC complaints that we know of, uh, claiming basically that Facebook misrepresented what it was doing inside the company to outside investors. So that could prompt shareholder suits. And that's only eight SEC complaints that we know of. We have reason to believe, based on statements that whistleblower aid and Haugen's legal representation has made, that there might actually be more SEC complaints. There have also been calls for Mark Zuckerberg to testify before Congress. That's something that we could see in the coming months. And then the last thing is, it is clear from you know, the reaction that we've seen to Haugen's testimony over the last week, that there are likely other whistleblowers out there, whether from Facebook or other tech companies. And we have reason to believe that there may be other people coming forward that could prompt some cases in the, in the future. Alexandra Levine, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also, today, more than 20 countries are planning to join a campaign spearheaded by the U.S. and the EU to slash methane emissions. Last month, Brussels and Washington set a goal to reduce emissions of the powerful greenhouse gas 30% below 2020 levels by 2030. Seven other countries were among the original signatories. The EU's Green Deal chief and U.S. climate envoy John Kerry on Monday said another 24 countries would join the initiative, which will be formally launched at the COP26 summit next month. The new signatories include countries that are responsible for a significant share of global methane emissions, including Nigeria and Pakistan. And... The drugmaker Merck is asking the FDA to authorize emergency use of an experimental antiviral pill that appears to have the risk of hospitalization or death from coronavirus in some people. The drug is taken twice a day for five days at home, in contrast to antiviral treatments like remesivir or monoclonal antibodies that have to be infused or injected at a clinic. 
That's raised hopes it could help reduce the risk of severe illness and ease the burden on health systems by reducing future surges of infection. Merck says it expects to produce 10 million courses of treatment by the end of 2021. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you hear and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.